0: Hey everyone, welcome to the NAS Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here, you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray that you are inspired by their teachings. The song you just sang, Lord, I need you, that's a message that's resonating all through our nation, all through the church. In fact, the last 10 days, if you're like me, you've been praying and fasting, Lord, I need you, we need you, help us. Heal our land, forgive our sins. And uh, that's been happening all across the nation. In fact, yesterday, thousands of people gathered on the National Mall getting on their knees, repenting, just like Chronicles says, if my people, he says, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. That's been happening all over. God is stirring that up. And right here in Columbus, you may not know this, but uh, for the last, since July 1, there's been a group of folks coming down to the, to the state capitol, praising worshiping and praying, asking God to help us. Lord, we need you, come. And uh, responding and praying over our capital. In fact, our own prayer coordinator, Bill Boland and his wife, Michelle, have been a part of that group. And I'd like Bill to kind of just share how this all came about, maybe what God's been doing and how it fits with what he's
1: saying to the church today. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Yeah, God just kind of called a pastor right in the inner city to to develop this and to have Um, Just 30 days of praise here from 11 to 1 each day, July 1st to the end of July. And God just began to move and move and move. And um, it's now turned into the summer of praise. And all all we're doing is we're just lifting up Jesus' name. We're praising Him with praise and worship songs. Mm -hmm. And people are walking down High Street. And our purpose was not to witness to them, but how could we not? How could we not witness to them? Over Over 40 people have been saved many have been baptized I mean they've been set free we've been helping a lot of people with a lot of different things and it's just God's word you know what if he would be lifted up he would draw all men into him and we're humbling ourselves and we're praying and we're seeking him and like Michelle holds his sign out and she waves to people and and the, the word says the kindness of God leads people to repentance and that's what God is doing. He's leading people to repentance, just like you talked about with the return. God is moving, and we've been privileged to be a part of it here, right at our state capital. That's awesome. Thank you, Bill, Michelle. Boy, I'm glad you're holding the sign. It's
0: a lot prettier face on that street than, than Bill's or mine, but... <laughs> Thank you, appreciate that. Yeah, but hey, this is what God's doing. You know, this is wonderful. People are coming to the end of their lives, of their world as they know it. And we're offering hope. Jesus is the hope. And that's what we're doing in this series. So I wanna thank you for being a part, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you all about Daniel and his prophecy and what it means for us today in these last days. So as we wrap up this series, the end of the world as we know it, we've looked at what Jesus says about this, what those pre-exilic prophets had to say, what the book of Revelation has to say. It's My joy to kind of walk us through the post-exilic prophecies and I'll come back to that in a minute, but we're focusing on the person and the book of Daniel. His book is divided up into two parts. The second part we'll look at in just a minute. But the first part talks about his life and his story, his context. You see, Daniel was a teenager when he was taken from his home country into a foreign country, a godless country. He was an impressionable young teenager. You could probably say it was the end of the world as he knew it. Everything was new, a new language, a new culture without God, a godless environment. But the thing I love about Daniel is, he stayed true to God. He didn't allow the influences around him to cause him to compromise his faith or his convictions. He faced a den of lions. His friends faced the fire. Constant persecution, but they remained true. And that's the kind of spirit and commitment that God is looking for today. Because our day, even though We live in America. I think you'd agree with me. We're a lot more like Babylon as a culture than we are God's people, God's nation. So, here's what I want to say to us as we learn from Daniel. When we look at his writings in a moment, consider his life. He did not compromise. He remained true. In fact, he excelled so much that he was elevated to places of great influence. And I believe today God is calling out a remnant. If that resonates in your heart, jump in, press in. Let the persecution around you, the difficult times, not not cause you to wander away, but to commit yourself all the more, to dare to be a Daniel. And and we're here at the State Capitol. Let me give an example of what that looks like because we've got an election around the corner. I just want to take a minute here because this is the, our political center. I wanna encourage you to pray with me about this election. There's great spiritual warfare beyond all the politics. There's warfare going on in the heavenlies for, for lives and for families and for communities and for our nation, for our schools. Be a man or woman of prayer like Daniel was. He just got up and he prayed the same, whether he was gonna get arrested for it or not. He prayed and believed God for miracles and God heard his prayer. And then I want to encourage you to be informed. Don't get sucked into all the political rhetoric. You know, both of these presidential candidates are flawed men, right? You'd agree with that. So don't just look at the personalities, look at the platforms, look at the policies, and make a decision that aligns most with a biblical worldview. And then by all means vote. Lend your influence, be salt and light, not just voting, but living it out every day. Because if we will, God will hear our prayer. He will heal our land. He will forgive our sins. But he's looking for men and women with that heart of Daniel. Will you dare to be a Daniel? Pray with me. Father, these in my lifetime are the most perilous, challenging times I've ever seen but they are times of great promise and great purpose in your plan. You're speaking. Give us ears to hear what you are saying and give us the courage of Daniel to align our lives around your plan and purpose. Bring many to yourself. Revive your church Speak to us today by your word has the power to change us. By your spirit, in your name we pray, Jesus. And all of us said, Amen. Amen. So good to be here with you today. Uh, Sue and I will be heading to Arizona in a couple, three weeks, but. Uh, Pastor Dale was so kind to give me another opportunity to, to speak to the church family that I love and served for so many years. We love being a part here. I'll be somewhere else a couple, next couple weeks, but uh, good to be with you today, as we conclude this series on the End of the world, as we know it. We learned a lot about the prophetic literature. Let me just kind of emphasize that prophecy is both a foretelling of what is to come but also a forth telling of what God is saying to the church in our day. By the way, I don't know whether you listened or watched, uh, but yesterday I heard a prophetic word for the church through his servant, Jonathan Kahn. And if you weren't watching yesterday, go to thereturn.org, you've been hearing a lot about it, and it's worth an hour of your time to listen to that word. It is powerful for us. Today, the church in America, God is doing something amazing, and I want to be a part of it. I hope you will too. But in Daniel's day, he prophesied, and uh, to his peers, uh, everything he said was about the future. Now, from our perspective, much of what he said has come, already come to pass. It was true. It is true. That's how you know a true prophet from a false one, right? But some of what he said has yet to come about. And I'm going to dive into the specific of his prophecy in the last chapter in just a moment. But let me just make a general observation about what is yet to come from the prophet Daniel. He talks about the time of trouble. It's the same time that John, the revelator, talks about as the great tribulation. The Bible instructs us that this is a seven-year period when the antichrist, the one who rises up, who sets himself against the true Christ, and he seeks to take authority over the whole world, politically, militarily, economically, and religiously. This goes on for a time and a time and a half of time, and we'll come to that in just a minute. It's a seven-year period of unprecedented persecution. You think there's persecution in the body of Christ today? Wait till the great tribulation. And one of the most popular views is that Before all that happens, Jesus is going to come and gather his church. It's called the rapture. And the most popular position of these events in the church in America today is called a pre-tribulation rapture. That before, we won't have to go through any of that. Uh, That God's going to come, Jesus is going to come back and take us to be with himself and I hope, I hope the folks that teach that are right. I want them to be right. I have no desire to go through this time of sorrow, the great tribulation. But I must tell you that I don't have personal confidence in that position. Let me just take a moment and tell you why I don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. First of all, the Bible isn't clear about it. As you've heard many times through this series, the Bible is clear about the fact Jesus is coming back. And he's not going to come back as a baby in Bethlehem. He's going to come back as a warrior, a king of kings, the Lord of lords. And every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is our blessed hope. We know that's going to happen. But I'll tell you, I don't know when that's going to happen. And I don't know what God's going to require of me and you until that happens. But I want to be ready. And the Bible doesn't, doesn't teach us that that's going to happen before he's going to take us to be with himself before the great tribulation. In fact, I think, uh, personally, I think it's more evidence that would lead a serious Bible student to conclude that the church will go through at least a portion, if not all, of that period before he raptures us. Secondly, the church has not adopted this position. And I'm not just referring to our denomination, although we don't take a particular position, as Pastor Dale has observed. But I'm talking about the broader church historically, We kind of look at the church in America, you know, first part of the 21st century, this is is the way it's always been. Not so. In fact, this pre-tribulation rapture position is a fairly recent idea. It started in the latter part of the 19th century and has only become popular in the United States church in the 20th century. In fact, as all of the early church fathers believed and taught that Christians should expect to face times of great persecution before Christ returns, and they prepared their generation for it. So let me ask you, if Christians down through the centuries and around the world today had to suffer and die for their faith, why should we think it would be any different for us? Before you embrace this teaching wholeheartedly, consider that if it is wise to dismiss almost 20 centuries of church history and scholarship. Thirdly, I think it's psychologically a dangerous position to take. This is why. If you're putting your hope, your faith, you believe that Jesus is going to come back the same depth as you believe he died for your sins. And that happens... Yay, thank you, Lord. But if that doesn't happen, where does that leave you? Where does that leave you in your faith? It will shake your faith. It could even shatter your faith. I simply suggest, why not prepare for the worst and trust God and hope for the best? Regardless of when he comes, the ultimate issue, the ultimate question is to ask, am I ready? Say that with me. Am I ready? Uh, I've got a ready bag here. You know what a ready bag is? It's a bag you have ready <laughs> in case you need an emergency. With all this going on with the virus and all the unrest and everything, the end of the world as we know it, got to have a ready bag, right? Well, I asked the staff to help me Compose my ready bag, okay? This is what my, not my staff, they're your staff, Pastor Dale. They were my staff, I'm on your staff. The other staff, excuse me, pardon me for my Freudian slip there. (laughs) So somebody gave me some water, yeah, I need some water. (sighs) Gotta have a lot of water. For my, ready, my go bag. Okay, got that. Thank you guys for that. I don't forget who gave me that. Oh, Bailey, this is a nice kit. It's called a medical kit. It's good for us senior adults to have a medical kit in our go bag. Yes, thank you. I appreciate you looking out for me. And what else do I have in here? Oh, ah, got some sanitation wipes. Got to have that. Better be safe than sorry, right? Okay. All right, nothing to eat so far. I'm kind of a little worried about this here. Duct tape, oh, thousand and one uses for duct tape, right? You can fix anything, do anything with duct tape except maybe have it for breakfast, okay. All right, oh, yes. I mean, what's the deal with the toilet paper, huh? I I never have gotten that, but uh, thank you for the toilet paper. Appreciate that. One more, oh, yes, my favorite. Uh, Zach O'Day thought I could use this. It's an iPod of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, so, like they said, all you need is love. Love is all you need. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Well, that's my go bag. I'm not sure I'm gonna be in good shape, but I appreciate these guys helping me look out. But yeah, i want to tell you something. You can have the best equipped go bag in the world. You can have a bunker filled to the brim with all that you think you need, but you still won't be ready when he comes back. Are you ready for his return? Are you ready for anything? That's the question God wanted me to leave with you today, to have you consider and ponder. We're gonna look at Daniel in just a minute, but right now, I want you to take a long look at your very short life. Am I ready? Am I ready? Do you know? How do you know? Jesus himself said, not everybody who says Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom. And I'm going to paraphrase this and say, well, I, I went to the NAS. I, I was involved in ministry. I did all those good things. I kept the golden rule. I tried to love my neighbor. And Jesus says, I, I, I don't know you. Away from me. We don't talk about this. We don't think about this very much. But it's good as we talk about the end of the world, our world as we know it, that we give consideration to where I'm going to spend eternity. Everybody here within the sound of my voice watching online, you're going to spend eternity, eternity. That means no end, either in heaven or in hell. And the decisions you make, the choices you make in this life will determine where you spend eternity. Jesus said, the one who endures to the end will be saved. Right? Well, I prayed a prayer back when I was 10. Good for you. Are you living that out? I want you to look at this phrase. God gave me this today as I was praying about this moment. I believe it's true. A faith that sustains you, only a faith that sustains you, is a faith that can save you. Maybe you're here and you never have trusted in Jesus Christ. Listen, he came, he died, he took upon your guilt and shame upon himself. He rose again so you can walk and live in resurrection life. You sang about that today. You need him. Maybe you've never acknowledged your need of him. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the answer to that question. And you got your go bag ready but your heart's not ready. You can change that today. So I want to invite you to do something with me. If you're physically able, I want you to kneel right where you're seated. Because sometimes when we physically teach, that's what fasting does. We tell our bodies to do what our hearts are saying. It helps us. It reinforces. If you're not able to, You just make an altar in your heart. I'm going to kneel right here, and I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Lord, I need you. Would you say that with me? Lord, I need you. Lord, I want to confess, Mark Fuller gets in the way way too much of the time. This, these days of fasting is only reinforced to me how much my flesh clamors for attention, clamors t- just like a spoiled child to be, to be having my needs met. Your spirit is speaking. You're raising up Daniels in this day. Lord, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I believe it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. We need you. If we ever needed you, we need you now. But only a faith that will sustain us is a faith that saves us. My friend, where you're kneeling, would you just confess your heart to him? He already knows. Tell him that you repent of your sin. You turn from yourself. You embrace him. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I need you in my life. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, warm the hard places in my heart. Ignite the fire of your spirit afresh and anew in this day. Forgive us, Lord, for our apathy, our complacency, our creature comforts that have Become a God to us when you should take your rightful place because if you're not Lord of all, you are not Lord at all. So where we're kneeling, in this time between you and the Lord, if the guys come to sing that chorus again, make this your own. Sing this from your heart. How many of you like good endings to books and to movies, right? It always bothers me when a a movie doesn't end right, you know? I like, and they all live happily ever after endings. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but Daniel is not one of those books. It doesn't end with a, we live happily ever after. It ends with a challenge and with a promise, but not with a happily ever after. If you want to read the happily ever after, Get out the book of Revelation and read the end of that because that is the real end game because in the end, Jesus wins. We win in Christ. Satan loses. We may not be ahead at halftime. It may be the two-minute warning. and We may be bound by three touchdowns, but i want to tell you, I know the way this is going to end up. Jesus wins, and I want to win with him. But Daniel doesn't have that revelation. In fact, I I thought about that. This life doesn't always end right, does it? Some of you, you feel like your life is like a bad movie. If so, you're going to find hope in the next few moments as we look at Daniel chapter 12. As you're finding it, the context is Daniel's been fasting. He's been praying in behalf of his people who are in exile, who are in Babylon, that God would raise up a remnant, protect the remnant, mobilize them for his purposes, help them know what to, what to do, how to prepare, how to be ready. And the angel Michael comes and brings this message about the end of the world. Verse one, at that time, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation, that's Israel, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish, time of sorrow. We looked at that just a moment ago. Greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting disgrace. And those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. This time he talks about, most scholars, almost all of them, concur that this is a reference to the great tribulation that I talked about just a moment ago. It's a time of great sorrow, a time of great persecution, unlike any we have ever known in history. But then verse 5, he picks up. He says, then I, Daniel, looked and I saw Two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen who was standing, who is now standing above the river, How long will it be until these shocking events are over? I read that question and I thought, I've, I've asked God that question. Haven't you? God, when's this gonna end? <laughs> How long is this chapter gonna last? I've learned everything I need to learn, God. You can kind of close it and, and open up another one. This is, this is time. This is okay. Please, Lord. <laughs> That's an honest question. That's how we live. When's it going to end? Well, the man dressed in linen, who was standing above the river, raised both his hands toward heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever. Saying, it will go on for a time, times, and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people, isn't that an interesting phrase? The shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end. All these things will have happened. You see, he gives him some idea that helps us to know the ending, gives us encouragement to kind of stay the course. Most scholars, again, believe that the word time here refers to a year, one year, two years, and a half a year, three and a half years, until, check this out, until the holy people are shattered. Ooh, that didn't sound like a loving God. God's people will become, I believe, will come through this time of persecution. It will be a purifying time. God turns up the heat. He didn't cause these trials, but he sure knows how to use them to make us more like Jesus. Anybody else want to testify here today? And that's what he's gonna be doing in this time. So he can have a radiant church, a holy bride, All the stuff of this world will melt away. All the go-bags are gone. We'll stand before God. I need you. You're enough. And you're all I need. Then he says in verse 8, I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, how will all this finally end, my Lord? That's another question I often ask Jesus. If if he doesn't answer, how long is this going to last? And I said, well, how does this fit with your plan? Lord, I'm being honest with you. I don't see any redemptive purpose in this. I'm willing to suffer whatever I need to, but i got to know that you're involved in this. Where are you in this? He said, go now, Daniel. For what I've said is kept secret and sealed until the end of, the, and the end of time, the time of the end. And here's the purpose. Look at this. Many will be What? purified, cleansed, refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness. None of them will understand. They'll think, what is, this is just, this is bad. This is terrible. There's no hope. But those that know him, they'll see his purpose. He's preparing us. He's refining us. He's strengthening us. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Lord Jesus, Spirit of God, give us a spirit of wisdom to know what you're saying today. And then a confusing timeline. Verse 11. From the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days... And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 103,035 days, exclamation mark. What in the world does that mean? Well, if I had uh, an hour, I could maybe help walk us through that, but we don't. So this Wednesday at 9.30, Pastor Dale and I are going to do a podcast, Facebook Live. We're going to help you walk through this if you're interested. Don't have time here. It's important. And I don't have all the answers, and I think I could speak for Pastor Dell; He doesn't have it all figured out. But we we want to dig into this and see how other passages of Scripture... reinforce. How many of you know, if you read the Bible enough, God's Word reinforces and helps us and brings clarity. So that's what we're going to do. No one knows the hour. That brings us all the way back to the beginning of this series, right? Week one, Pastor David said... Quoted Jesus, Jesus said, the day and the hour no one knows, not even the son, only the father knows. So don't get all preoccupied with dates and rates and all this stuff. You just stay the course with me, and that's exactly what he says. He leaves Daniel, this great man of faith, this man of great conviction, of great influence that God used in his Babylon. He says the same thing to you and me in our Babylon today. He says this, as for you go your way until the end. You know what he's saying? Daniel, people of the Naz, remain faithful. Stay the course. Don't give up. Don't become weary in well-doing, for you're going to reap a harvest in due season. Stay the course. Don't get distracted by all these various rates and calendars and Don't be misled by those who give you false expectations. Trust me for each day. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will be with you to the very end, and I can give you everything you need if you'll trust and depend upon me. And never forget this. You will rest, then you will rise again, and you will receive the inheritance set aside for you. That would have been a good place for a thank you, Jesus. That's a great promise, isn't it? You will rest. Weary follower of Jesus, he's your rest. You will rise. That's your hope. And you'll receive everything you need. So let me leave you with some practical advice. How to thrive during the end of the world as we know it. First of all, this. Time with God gives me perspective and wisdom. We've already looked at Daniel's life. He stayed the course. He stayed true. Not because he was just a good-natured guy. Daniel spent time with God, even as a young man, even as a busy leader in the country. We're not too busy for time with God. Listen, I don't have time to pray. No, you don't have time not to pray. Time with God opens up the floodgates of God's provision in your life to give you hope. Because if you don't do that, you're just looking at this world, it's pretty bad. But you've got to have that perspective. You've got to have that hope and that wisdom that comes from time with God. Secondly, dependence upon God keeps me hopeful and strong. Daniel was uncompromising in his convictions because he found his identity in God. They tried to change his name, they tried to strip him of his culture, tried to strip him of everything he known, but he stayed true to the God he knew and he knew his identity, his purpose, his value was in what God said, not what Nebuchadnezzar said, not what somebody else said, not even what he thought others were saying. Your identity, child of God, is found in Jesus Christ. Live your life out with him. That gives you hope. That keeps you strong because the same spirit that lived in Christ lives in you. And finally, worshiping God lifts me above the confusion and the chaos. (laughs) I want to tell you something in case you haven't found out yet. Our God is a mysterious God. Anybody else want to say amen to that? There's a lot of things he does that I don't understand. His timing doesn't fit my timeline. But instead of causing me confusion and a sense of doubt or even anger, you know what it does to me? It sends me to my knees. (laughs) Thank you, God, that you're greater than any God I can fit in my puny mind. Thank you, creator of the universe. Thank you, God, that you have a plan that includes me. You've invited me in for your glory. That's worship. That's how we began here today. And that's how I want to end here today, okay? I want to send you out with a clear view of the God who loves you, who believes in you, who's put a tin over your head and said, come on, join me in my great plan to win a lost world that is so dark. I want to shine my light through you that you will shine like the stars. And all who hear that word, worship him. Stand to your feet, will you? Stand to your feet and worship him with me. And I want us to affirm a corporate prayer. I know you got your mask on. Maybe if we could, I I don't want to get in trouble. But if you just take your mask off just to say this. Maybe for one minute, okay? You won't catch the virus and won't give it to anybody in one minute. Lord Jesus, give us us coverage here. (laughs) Because I want you to say it like you mean it. Confess with your mouth. Great confidence today. Say these words with me. Lord Jesus, I can't hear you. Lord Jesus, you are coming back to reign and rule this earth. Reign and rule in my life today. In this chaotic time, may I find my rest in you. In the face of despair, may resurrection hope rise within me. And when I feel like giving up, may I receive your strength and power. Maranatha, say it again. Maranatha, say it again. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at the Church.